0: Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. And we're going to talk you through the plot of each book. But more accurately, take you on tangent trips, factoid phrase, and say, well, actually, as much as possible.
1: Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month, and we'll take you along on our mission. And we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. Hello! Welcome back. Hello! Oh my god, an actual episode of Animorphs Anonymous. This hasn't happened in years. It
0: feels like years, but I am so happy to be home. Welcome back, Mom. Here's my pile of laundry.
1: <laughs> my laundry full of good, good shirts.
0: <laughs> my laundry full of great shirts. This one's my nice shirt.
1: This one's my bean shirt. <laughs> this is my bean
0: shirt. <laughs> I love beans. I love beans. I put it on a shirt. Love... Hey, what else do you need to know?
1: It's beans and a heart on a shirt. And the green grass grew all around. Right. all around.
0: Fried pinto, refried. I'm not gonna judge.
1: I just like them beans. Lime, <laughs> kitten paws, jumping beans. Oh, kitten <gasps> paw, that's cute.
0: <sighs> yeah, because it's like they're toe beans.
1: Yeah.
0: Ah. Which leads us in.
1: Oh, I was gonna. I was gonna ask Chris if he had a cat, and and. God, made his cat hiss a lot so he could have reference photo for Fluffer. I forgot.
0: There's no better way to start off an interview podcast than with a question you forgot to ask.
1: <laughs> it's very par for the course <laughs> for me. Anyway, uh, all this is to say, we talked to Chris Grine again. Because we Chris Grine has a new Animorphs book that came out last week? Yeah. Last week, yeah.
0: Yeah, October 5th. And I have read it, it's incredible, and you should go buy it and then leave a ten star review.
1: Ten stars. No more, no less. Well, if it's
0: out of a hundred, maybe more. Definitely
1: more. The maximum amount of stars <laughs> that your reviewing site allows.
0: Yes. Whichever the highest number is, just click that box. Smash That's that like note.
1: button. Uh, so,
0: anyways, here's the interview.
1: Ta-da! <laughs>
2: Hello. 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 How are you? Anybody?
0: <laughs> uh I'm I'm all right. Just uh I don't know, pumped to be here. How how are you doing?
2: <laughs> I'm happy to be here. I am tired, but mm-hmm. in a good way. You know, drawing anamorph stuff all day.
0: It's always a good time.
2: It's not bad. I would just find that just kind of creatively mentally exhausted at the end of the day.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. not a bad way to be right
2: no it's not it's good for sleeping (laughs) (laughs) my brain feels like it's just soft boiled I kind of just fall asleep watching tv so do you do
1: you dream of animorphs now
2: I I don't actually I don't dream very much so but that's probably fine because honestly I get enough animorphs during the day I don't really want to dream about it also
1: (laughs) right So that, those would probably be some not great dreams with all those creepy morph sequences. I don't think I've had an Animorphs
2: dream, which is weird considering how much of my life it has consumed for the last <laughs> four years. It's kind of surprising now that I think about it.
1: Yeah, I, so I don't actually have a lot of dreams about my projects either. And like very occasionally, like once every like five or six years, I'll have one and I'll be like, that was the coolest thing ever. Why don't I have more of these? So maybe it's just like a, a not brain pathway that is commonly connected or something. I don't know. Like
2: I'm far more likely. We, w- we just watched Midnight Mass, um, my wife and ah, I. I was not it? It's creepy as hell. Uh, but it was one of those ones that was kind of slow-paced creepy. And mm-hmm. it really messed with me because we only watched like one episode a night. So uh, it was like I did have a few like anxiety dreams a little bit about that. But I'm far more likely to have that kind of a dream, unfortunately <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> <don't> know. Know. <laughs> yeah, not the good ones
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> although i don't I don't know you're working on like book three right now, right, so I don't know how many good ones there'd
1: be. oh my God
2: well, you know, why can't I just have a funny axe dream or something right? Oh,
1: no. God, right <laughs>
2: that's <is> fair <laughs> on my mind, I mean there's plenty of jokes to be had there, there's plenty of shenanigans. It doesn't all have to be maggots. <laughs> So many maggots. Which by the way was just terrible to like, you know, pull together some photo research of stuff. Maggots. I just typed in maggots, piles of maggots on on Google and it was just like horrifying.
1: Ew, I bet. <laughs> cat
2: skulls. Well, what does a cat skull look like? Or oh what? no. You know, it was like just a lot of
1: uh a lot of that. <laughs> well, for what it's worth, um, we'll have like I think we'll have like Discord questions for you later, but somebody specifically called out that panel and said that it was really, really cool. So (laughs) I'm sorry you had to go through that, but it sounds like it was worth it.
2: (laughs) Oh, I knew if I figured if I was going to have to deal with it, so were you guys. (laughs) It's fine with me. Um, I did have a couple people have said that that's the first jump scare they've ever gotten from a book, which made me laugh because that was not my intention, but I love the thought of that.
1: Yeah, like that's a good point because the transition is very kind of like, you know, they're just, they're just kind of finishing up their little mission and all of a sudden it's like bright red horror. But I think it was really cool. I like that a lot.
2: Yeah, that was, ever since I'd read that book, I knew I was going to be a death That was like, one of the things that I wanted to do was just transition right out of that scene so you don't even realize that she had gone to sleep. Mm-hmm. It just immediately to maggot dreams and then hers waking up screaming. Because when I read that book the first time, that was, that scene has stuck with me. Yeah. I don't know why something about her dreaming of eating maggots and flesh and stuff is just like, that is nightmare fuel. <laughs>
3: Absolutely.
1: I'll tell you what gave me nightmare fuel. Um, the, the panel of Chapman where he's lit by like the car dashboard and he's yes. like, where you live. And I was like, Ooh, no bad.
2: <laughs> I love, I love that. I've had so many comments like that too. Cause I was actively trying to make him, you know, still just like a normal guy but like just with some lot very creepy things and one of the things i did was i made sure i i drew every tooth yes (laughs) and that really helps that it really makes people creepy if you draw if you take the time to draw every tooth
1: yeah oh man that's a good point
2: (laughs) yeah there was a lot of a lot of uh craziness in this book but it was fun it was fun to do I tried to lean into the creepier aspects of it. So it felt more like a psychological thriller as opposed to like a giant popcorn movie of the first book.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good call. Um, cause this one's a lot more like, I think introspective than the first one, um, you know, cause, cause we're, we're in Rachel's head and we're kind of getting into her, um, her descent into like why she's fighting and like how she's starting to feel about the irks.
2: So it, it was just more of an intimate thing too. Like it just wasn't, it was, it, it I think it needed to be more personal. You know, it definitely needed to be that. So <laughs> seems like I succeeded and I've had an, I've had people say that they, they liked it and they thought it worked. So I'll take it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with that. I think you did succeed. And I think it actually reading the beginning, you actually created a really nice transition from like kind of the feeling of the first book where it was more of everybody or like a, nobody's the specific narrator and then just brought us into Rachel's head as the book went on. So very successful and very cool oh
1: thank you um so like how are you feeling um just about the graphic novels and animorphs in general compared to last year
2: uh like what like what specifically like what do you mean like
1: uh... um so i i you know when we talked to you last year i think you were just kind of like you know really excited about the fandom and how welcoming they were oh, and you know that was okay, your first yeah. first books and you know h- how you feeling now I guess I, I just feel
2: like I've I feel way more comfortable now with uh-huh. it, you know, like I just I feel like I interact with the fandom enough and I really enjoy everybody and it's fun and I'm more confident with the adaptations now. I don't feel quite so nervous about changing a few pieces of dialogue or adding a little, you know, something here or something there. Mm-hmm. Where the first time I was I was I was kind of scared to to change too much of anything only because I just know that it's like every, if there's a scene, you know, every scene in every book is somebody's favorite scene, mm-hmm. you know? And so I just try to keep that in my, in the back of my mind, you know, um, until I absolutely have to cut anything out, which so far I haven't had to, I'm not going to um, just because just for that reason, but I just feel more confident doing it, I guess, as a, kind of just all around, like, I just feel more confident interacting with people. I feel more confident talking about it. I feel more confident working on it. I feel more confident working with Scholastic on it. You know, just everything is just, I've kind of fallen into a rhythm, which is nice.
1: Excellent. That's awesome. So just, just kind of speaking of, uh, you know, past books versus now um I was actually looking through um I was kind of flipping back and forth through book one and book two just to kind of see like how the art style has changed over time um and I'm curious did anything in your comic making process change over the course of the year
2: I think just I think just um getting more comfortable drawing all the characters and drawing the stuff um I I didn't have I don't have a lot of time to like sit and like look at every drawing as I'm going you know and do it and go back and so I try to do the best job I can and then I try to never look at it again yeah <laughs> um, and I think a lot of artists are like that too and I know lots of lots of like celebrities and stuff For you, you hear them talking in interviews where you know they'll make a movie and everybody be like so what do you think of that movie and I don't know I've never seen it and I always thought that was just a bunch of BS but I can I can relate to that now I kind of don't look at my stuff but I did I have glanced through it a little but I do feel like I definitely you know stepped up a little bit in the second book and I think a lot of that is it wasn't that I phoned anything in, in the first one I think I just having to draw two graphic novels a year right now which is what I'm doing mm-hmm. I I think you just naturally start to progress you know you evolve as an artist and you pick up things that you you know you learn along the way and things you know hopefully get better and better and I feel like I feel like I've just looking at the art that I did on this book, I felt like this was way better than the first book, you know, it's, and that's objective. I get that. You know, everybody's going to feel differently about it, but um, I feel like personally that I did a better job on this book and I'm hoping that on the next book, I feel the same way, you know, it just continues that way. And eventually I'll never want to look at book one again, ever again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you, um did you change your brush? In the second one, because the first one, um, like the line thickness is a little more kind of it like wavers a little bit more than the second one. I think I just
2: again, it's all digital and it's all the same stuff. And I don't really think I changed my brush. I did okay. get a new Cintiq, though. Uh-huh. Um, I had one before, but I got a bigger one and um, I got one of the pro ones. And I don't know what it is like. I don't like it as much as just the one I had before, even though it's huge and got a lot of real estate to work in and stuff. There's a weird kind of texture on it. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: It's hard to explain. It's it's kind of a it's a little bit of tooth to the screen.
1: Okay.
2: Um, and I it took me a little while to get used to that, but I think that it, it improved my line work. Okay. That was a very long answer to your question. I
1: <laughs> no, I appreciate. I,
2: I think I think it really came down to just technical stuff, and then me working through that. But I, I think ultimately it was a it was a help. It did help.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Plus, I i mean, I love hearing about the technical nitty gritty of that stuff, too.
2: That can be super frustrating if you just some days I'll just sit down at the computer and all of a sudden Photoshop's acting weird. And I'm, I have just no idea why, you know, there's been no update since yesterday. There's no reason for this, you know, and I'll start doing some Google searches or asking people on Twitter. And sometimes I can figure it out. And other times I just have to kind of work through it until I figure out what's going on. but. Technical stuff is probably one of my biggest slowdowns.
1: Yeah. Takes a lot of time to figure out why it's broken. Right. And you can never
2: plan for it either. It just happens at the worst times, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Of
0: course.
2: Stupid Photoshop.
0: <laughs> Stupid technology. And everything. <laughs> well, I easier probably, right, than uh inking it all by hand and then scanning in the pages one oh, at a God. time. Oh God.
2: No, I can't. I've been digital since, basically, since I graduated college, so, and uh, for for you kids, that would have been um, (laughs) 21 years ago. So I pretty much transitioned from, um, like, real, you know, medium, like, color pencils and paint and stuff that I was using pretty much to all 100% digital within, like, you know, six months, because it was clear that that was the way everything was going, and it was stupid to try to kind of hold on to that when I knew what I wanted to do and it wasn't fine art. You know, I knew I wanted to do commercial art and that just was never going to be the way that it was going. So,
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, smart move. Smart move. I should have talked to you years ago because I was doing traditional until recently. <laughs>
2: you no, know, it's hard though. I really miss working traditionally. I really do. But, you know, if you're when you got deadlines and stuff, and it seems like deadlines get shorter all the time. Whether you're doing, mm. you know, editorial like illustration work or whatever, it doesn't matter. It just, and, and also people on the other end a lot of times anymore don't know how to handle physical artwork or deal with it on that, and it needs to all be digital anyway. So if you can just skip the middleman and go right to the digital, then you're already ahead. But I do miss, I really do, because that's what I did in college. I did lots of like oil rub out with. Uh, prismacolor pen, uh, colored pencils over it that was like mm-hmm. most of the way I worked and there's days where I'm like you know what I should break out my colored pencils and then I was like I don't need to embarrass myself <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done that for 20 years so
0: well um just speaking of more uh more art stuff getting into the nitty-gritty do you have a favorite panel or layout in this book
3: um
2: gosh I don't know um Something that I really enjoyed in this book, and i 'm not sure that everybody appreciates it, um, but I really something I wanted to do right from the beginning because I knew Rachel went to the house twice, two times, and I wanted to do that, that same exact shot like two times uh, oh, where yeah. she goes into yeah. the house and I was I even used like a green kind of overtone over everything when she's in the house, mm-hmm. so it's like a little bit of an overlay over all the colors, so it just gives just a little bit of creepy, but I wanted like a very mechanical to the way the chapmans were acting because i feel like they're they're soldiers right these these worms in their head are basically soldiers um and so they're just this their mission is to just blend in but there's currently no one to blend in with when they're at their house which is why Chapman's just sitting there staring at the tv when it's not on and i figured you know his wife would just be like they probably have a routine you know same time every night she's cutting up stuff making dinner and he's just sitting there waiting or whatever and that was something that I really wanted to do the way I did just because I thought it just made it even more creepy walking into the house like the same time a couple days apart and it's the exact same everything happening and I just thought that was more upsetting I guess
1: (laughs) yeah yeah Mm-hmm. so what's really tripping me out is that i'm flipping back and forth because when i saw that i was automatically like oh he just like used the exact same panel so he didn't have to draw like a page like that's awesome like that's exactly what i would have done but i'm looking and it, they're not the same like you did you think i think
2: some of it's the same but i definitely changed yeah. what she was cutting and i and the clothing has changed
1: and stuff definitely. like that But like even her face, like her, like, it looks like her mouth is slightly open in the first one and it's closed in the second one. Like it looks almost the same, but it's not quite there. And I really appreciate that.
2: I may have, I may have fully inked that. I can't even remember now. It's so far in my rear view. Once I finish a book and turn it in and go through all the edit processes and everything, and it's done, then I move on to the next book that I've got to work on, you know, and then the next (laughs) time I think about it is when it's getting ready to come out and I have to do some, you know, promotional stuff and, then I start thinking about it again. And I remember all the things I did, but for like six months there, <laughs> I kind of forget all about it. So it is nice when, you know, the book comes out and then people start posting like on Twitter or, or Facebook or whatever, when they uh, like screenshots of like their favorite panels or ask me questions about stuff. Cause sometimes I've completely forgotten that I did that. Um, and <laughs> it's just nice to kind of be reminded and see what people are excited about. It gets me, keeps me motivated for, you know, the next book. In the next book and the next book.
0: <laughs> okay. Now I have to tell you about my favorite things. This is perfect timing on this. Um, so two things that I absolutely lost my mind over was the good shirt that I spilled soda <laughs> on my good shirt and Thank the beads heart
1: shirt.
2: <laughs> yeah, I love I love a good t-shirt anyway. And I think t-shirts make the best like sight gags mm-hmm. because you don't have to point them out. So I'm really glad that you enjoyed that because the good shirt one just made me die laughing because the dialogue was just like I spilled something on my good shirt. I was like I'm just <laughs> I'm just gonna write good on that shirt.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that got both of us. That was so freaking funny. Yeah. So, funny. Uh, yeah, so well, when do we get the uh, t shirt store? When are you gonna start selling oh, those?
2: <laughs> God, can you even imagine? I can't. I got these prints made. I can't even. I haven't even found a minute to get on a shop anywhere. <laughs> Can you imagine me having to get t-shirts printed in multiple sizes and all that? And then, um, oh my God, that just sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> I would love to have all those shirts, but yeah, it's sounds like a nightmare. I, although my wife's got a Cricut machine, I could make have her make me some custom ones just to wear to the shows. I could get a red shirt and have her make print out like good. On that it. would just, be
1: incredible.
2: My good shirt.
1: That's not a bad
2: idea. I don't think <laughs> I need the beans one though, but that would be a good one for kids.
1: So, what is the the beans thing? I don't.
2: I I honestly just needed something to put on her shirt. (laughs) That was in the moment. I remember drawing a heart on her shirt, but I was like, that's too, uh, just a heart is too silly, right? At at her age, because she's still like ten, right? I gotta imagine she's like ten or maybe nine, right? And yeah, so I was like, I gotta write something in there. So it was just beans. It just became beans, and that was it. Kind of like how uh, Marco's shirt in the first one had one that said, "I love naps." Mm-hmm. Yeah. and I picked that because I thought that seems like a kind of shirt that somebody bought him a grandparent <laughs> bought him that or something. And it's been in the bottom of a drawer forever,
3: mm-hmm. but he
2: knew that he was going to ha- he was going to tear through it or lose it on that mission. So he did not care if that's the shirt he wore. So I actually put a little thought into that. And people probably don't think I did, but I was trying to think like what kind of crappy everybody's got like <laughs> piles of like white shirts that have like a company logo or something on it.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh
2: that you use for a paint shirt or a cleaning shirt or whatever. And that was kind of what I was doing. But yeah, the beans one, that was just, uh, <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else. So I was like, I'm going to write beans. Oh,
1: that's I also incredible. Love, I also love that Rachel's pajama pants have cats on them. Mm-hmm.
2: I felt like that was appropriate.
1: Yeah. A little
2: detail. And I have a 13 year old daughter, so not that she has pajama pants with cats on them, but she does have pajama pants and she does wear clothing like that how when rachel's like chilled out at the house where she's wearing sweatpants and like a shirt or whatever like that's literally my daughter that's how she dresses at home very casual and comfy and whatever so
1: so great yeah i i just love the 90s fashion and and you put cassie back in the overalls
2: right Mm -hmm. Yeah. I try to mix it up a little bit. Like I didn't, like I held back the overalls in the first book. I knew everybody was going to be looking for that. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, you know, and also Marco's hair. I held that off too a little bit. I was like, have got to save something for the next book.
1: Exactly. I, yeah.
2: You know? So I, so she's in the overalls in the second book. And then uh, you guys probably saw the social media stuff. The Twitter looked like a photograph kind of thing that, and she was wearing the nine inch nail shirt underneath her overall the nicest neat shirt and you know I I am I am aware of all of that stuff so I'm and and since they most of these books happen over at least four or five days you know most of them or a week so there's multiple outfit changes so I try to bring in some 90s stuff because I was a 90s kid Mm -hmm. I was I was in high school in the 90s so I know all the terrible fashion and hairstyles (sighs) to go to And, and I'm using a lot of them in the next book marco's marco's wearing like a, a little vest, one of these little vests that everybody was wearing at the time and oh my god yeah i'm pretty excited i'm pretty excited about this stuff
1: oh somebody getting a chain wallet or something oh man well, well i think
2: tobias had that in the first book he had a oh wallet. yeah
1: that's right oh my gosh it's yeah. been a hundred years it, oh. feels like,
2: it feels like a hundred years <laughs> it does rachel had a scrunchie in this one i noticed yeah, she's got a scrunchie when she's, because uh, my daughter gets out of the shower, you know, and she puts her hair like in a ponytail when she mm-hmm. goes to bed or she braids it or whatever. So I thought, and they, and my daughter's also got long blonde hair. So I was like, this is perfect. This is exactly what she does. So there's no reason why Rachel wouldn't do that. And then even in the third book, Rachel's, uh, there's a scene where she is, she's, were towards the end of the book where Tobias comes back, like right at the end to her house or whatever to talk to her.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And she's like got her, and it's at night. It's, you know, in the evening. And so she's clearly been in the shower or whatever, but she's got like a, like a robe on like mm-hmm. my daughter does kind of, but she's got her hair, like in one of those towel turban things. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. and I had that, my daughter had to pose for me. She's like, this, nobody better see this photo. She was so <laughs> worried. I was like, who, who am I going to show this to? Who, why, <laughs> why would I do that? I just, I, I was having a really hard time, you know, picturing that, even though I was looking at photo reference, it just nothing looked right.
1: Where, um, where do you get your reference images
2: uh lots of places lots of google searching mm-hmm. like i'll create folders for like different kinds of animals just so i can and then i just print them out and just have them like around me okay you know it's like oh my god wolves in the third book oh my god so oh. many wolves and, and and also so many hawks because i mean there's so much to bias in that book but mm-hmm. the second book didn't feel as bad i mean there was a lot of cats but there was a lot of downtime in between that stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But man, yeah, that, that book, book three is almost like it's like 60% wolves and I don't know, like 35% hawks. <laughs> and then everything else are just around
0: it. Yeah. And then sprawling mall scenes, which of course oh, are oh just easy, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I got that. You know what? I figured I got I, I to draw a mall. I might as well just do a two-page spread and get it over with, right? So that's kind of what I did. I don't know if you guys saw that um, two-page spread the sketches that I, I posted a few weeks ago. Just of that. Oh, it's gonna be a nightmare to draw, but whatever. <laughs> it, it'll look good. I, that's what I keep telling myself. It'll it'll be fine. I'll get through it.
1: Uh, yeah. Do you? Um. I. <laughs> I try to draw like one establishing background per page minimum. And then I just kind of like abuse gradients for the rest of
2: it. I don't know if you're the same way. I do. I will uh, try to use an, at least one establishing shot of some kind per page, like you said. And then uh, since I build all my models, most of my architecture interiors and all that stuff is built in SketchUp. Mm-hmm. It's like a 3D thing. And that way I can rotate them around and get all the, all the uh, angles I need. So, you know, I'll have like an establishing shot of like, a Larger shot of like the bedroom or whatever, where all the kids are in, right? But then, when you know, in all the talking head uh, panels where it's mostly just somebody talking, I'll just throw in like a random angle or something mm-hmm. that looks interesting yeah. from the room, still. You know, um, it, it doesn't create a whole a lot of extra work for me in doing that, but it still is visually interesting. But there's plenty of times where I'm so grateful to just throw in a gradient background. Yep, I love those <laughs> panels the most. <laughs> <sighs> It can really
1: get exhausting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Alex, you had a question about the bug fighter panel. I mean, I
0: don't even know that it was a question. I just loved the bug fighter panel so much, and like the question was really more just like, "What? I I know it's different bug combinations. What were the bugs that you were thinking of when you were creating those hairy legs? Well, they were the
2: described as kind of like cockroaches with like you mm-hmm. know. So that's. I was, I was, I kind of did sketches and I have a friend of mine um, who he builds just the ships for me because in 3d, because SketchUp doesn't really do that very well. It doesn't do organic shapes very well. It's more like for architecture, Mm -hmm. but I can bring those models in. So he builds them for me. I basically did sketches and I did as much research as I could on the descriptions of, you know, each of the ships. And then I'll do sketches and I'll send a little bit of photo reference that I found that were maybe from. You know some of the books or um you know just some any any kind of stuff that maybe scholastic had brought out i think there was like a book at one point where i had a little bit of schematics for some of the ships and things and Mm -hmm. so i did i do as much of that research as i can but i try to just stick to what the books the the way the book describes them since i mean technically that's what i'm being hired to adapt (laughs) so um i try to stay as true to the books as i can um except for sometimes i can't find anything on something so then i'll have to you know bring in my own my own uh you know ideas and stuff but yeah but the bug fighters were definitely like based kind of on cockroach legs and you know i think it makes them pretty creepy looking
0: <laughs> yeah it does they look very cool though
2: i'm really really excited for everybody to get to see what the uh this truck ship looks like in the third book because it looks like <laughs> a like a manta ray kind of how it's described in the books too and Mm -hmm. david did such a great job of create bringing my sketches like it to life in 3d it just it's so crazy i cannot wait to get to those pages of course then it just blows up at the end anyway so whatever
1: (laughs) but it'll be really cool before it blows up
2: i think so i think it'll be awesome
1: oh it does look like a manta ray i'm on your instagram that's so cute
2: It's awesome. And it's just, it's so massive too, that even with like the other ships that I've drawn, you know, kind of around them and even the blade ship is pretty small compared to it.
1: Like the semi of, chi- of ships.
2: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Oh, that's it. Where are you in book three currently? Where are you kind of in the process? Are you uh, still starting inks of- tomorrow? Oh my God.
2: So I, I finished lettering um, Sunday.
1: Okay.
2: And so I lettered from last Wednesday till Sunday. I, I lettered two hundred pages.
1: Oh wow! Jeez.
2: Yeah, that was fun. And then, <laughs> and then uh, today I kind of caught up on building some models. I'll still have to be building models as I go because I get kind of behind on that. It just takes a long time to do that. I built the <laughs> ba- I built Cassie's barn today because I'd only had to build the exterior of it for book one, which was fine. But now they're in the barn with all the cages and all the it's got to look a little bit like a veterinarian clinic you know for animals and stuff so I had to do a lot of research of like what might be what might be in this building aside from just what's described and so that was a lot of today and also my god dealing Dan's uh, (laughs) oh right there's so many cars and it's just like and Rachel basically just goes in and destroys the place but the problem is is that there's like aerial shots because when you when you know like the first shot is Tobias flying up in the air over Dylan Dan's, because that's basically how the books are. But mm-hmm. when you're that far away, there's a lot of other businesses that I gotta build. <laughs> oh, that's wrong. That, that I'm not even gonna use. But I did I did across the street, there's a McDonald's. So I'm setting that up. Or at least a McDonald's shaped building. I probably can't use the word
3: Yeah, before.
1: I was about to yeah. say <laughs> but
2: that for you know for when we get to that, and then there's you know, I had to draw, there was a mention of like a kind of like a gas station mini mart across the street where she needed to go get more shoes. So I was able to, I built a little gas station across the street, but there's a lot of like strip mall looking stuff. Cause that way I didn't have to care what it was. It was just a strip mall.
0: So you don't yeah. have to tell me, but since you did the Apple grant bookstore, have you taken any other like jokey stuff like that for businesses?
2: You mean like, no, um, I, I don't know, at least not in the deal and dance type stuff, but in the mall, that's going to just be uh <laughs> that's going to be just a cornucopia of insanity. When I start naming all those storefronts, <laughs> Veronica's <laughs> secret, uh, I'm going to do all kinds <laughs> of crazy, stupid stuff. I mean, I think I had like four, four storefronts in the first book mm-hmm. next to the arcade and I was making up stupid names and making myself laugh, which is never a good sign. Uh, <laughs> so yeah I'm looking forward to that that's kind of what's getting me through that two-page spread of the of the mall is knowing that I get to personally attack a lot of my friends (laughs) with excellent
1: uh, terrible store names I'm looking forward to that yeah I'm
0: looking forward to that a lot
1: (laughs) because I remember when the first book came out and we had that mall interior with the like the four storefronts. like we just like immediately honed in and we're like okay we have to look at every detail what is this one <laughs> so yeah I'm ready for that
2: um, yeah me too I'm, I'm looking forward to being done with that page so I can look at it too because I don't want to have to draw it I want to have to draw that at all because oh my god it isn't just a mall interior it's it's a mall interior with like a thousand people plus a gymnastics demonstration going on in the center mm-hmm it's just a lot, it's but it's not lot. wolves. It's not wolves, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. I'm not really complaining. It's, it's, it's fine. But sometimes I, mean, you know, if you'd asked me like 10 years ago, I was very adamant about I'm only drawing comics that take place in the woods.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I don't want to draw architecture at all. And here I am making myself no one asked me to make a two-page spread of a mall (laughs) so that's just me hating myself on some level (laughs) i don't know like you know it's the right call
1: but you don't want to do it
2: yeah that's (laughs) i do do know that it's a good call it's the (laughs) right call but yeah that's gonna be awful
1: oh i feel that in my soul yeah
2: yeah well you know what i'm actually look i'm actually more scared of I think it's book six where they're in the the hospital, right? Mm. I'm going to have to build not only the exterior of a hospital, which isn't probably that difficult, but I'm going to have to create like floors, a flo- at least one floor of a hospital because you got the 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 where the nurses set the nurses station, plus there'll be rooms and there'll be you know all kinds of hospitaly type stuff in the hallway,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, beds and stuff. It's just like oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And then a giant hot tub room, which is, you know, whatever, but I don't know. I think I get more stressed out about this stuff because I don't, I know that I can't just make it up because it won't look right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I have to do my research and, and inevitably when I'm looking for stuff like that, I cannot find anything, you know, when I need it, I can't find what I need. And if we weren't living in COVID times, I'd probably just go to my local hospital and say, hey, do you care if I go in and take some pictures of the hallways? I don't think they care, but I don't think they're going to want me in there right now.
1: Yes, that is a good point. Oh, no. Hmm.
2: A few years down the road, though, so maybe maybe it'll be easier then. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Or you just, you know, Twitter at nurses. Someone please go out and take a hospital picture <laughs> Oh form. dang,
2: that's not a bad idea.
1: Yeah. O- outsource your reference. <laughs> yeah. I never
2: thought of that. Hmm, that's actually <laughs> I'm writing that down.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: that's really good.
0: Yeah. Weaponize the nerds. We like it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well you know the fan the fans uh, on Twitter that I talk with are they're always willing to help. You know, you mm-hmm. guys are just awesome. It's just Sometimes I have actual questions. Sometimes I just ask ridiculous questions, um, just because I'm bored. But uh, yeah, when I do need something, though, I, I get like an abundance of, of answers from people, and it's and it's really good. It's really good. It's really helpful.
0: That's awesome. I I mean I I I you know we talked about this last time, but I think the fandom's fantastic. So I'm glad that you're still they're still being nice.
3: So far.
2: <laughs> I've heard I've heard tales of some nasty Reddit pages and stuff um oh. who aren't big fans of my artwork and stuff. So I just don't, you know, oh, I don't no. go looking. I don't go looking for that because I don't need that.
0: <laughs> That's Reddit. No one it's believes fine. those jerks. You know
2: what though? I'm I've always <laughs> been of the opinion that everybody everybody gets you know their opinion and stuff. And art is subjective, and it it doesn't bother me. Not everybody's got to like this stuff. I get it if they think it's too cartoony, but. One thing that, you know, people have to keep in mind is like, yeah, I mean, everybody who grew up with this would love to have a real hardcore gritty version of this, but that's just not what it was about.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And I don't think that that would be very true to the books if it was real gritty, (laughs) because you know what I mean? Like a real too serious, because they're still just like 12 year olds. I don't know. It just feels.
1: Yeah, and there's there's a humor to it, and there's you know a campiness at times, um, and that's you know that's one of the things I love about the book is that it's not always super serious. It does have that extreme ends of the spectrum of lightness and darkness, um, and just willing to you know go very very far in either direction. So I think I think you balance that really well. Um, you know, just having like the kids as their birds, you know, messing with those with those jerk kids in the beginning. Um, I thought you dealt with that in a very humorous way
2: yeah I was I was curious I've heard I've heard kind of um, like some I've heard a couple people who were confused why I um, brought those kind of redneck guys back um, a second time in the book you know and kind of combined them those two scenes a little bit where they're bothering Rachel while she's walking home Mm -hmm. but to me I thought it was hilarious if you picture these guys as like 17 year olds who driving their, their truck, right. Borrow their dad's gun or something. And they're out there, you know, drinking, probably drinking beer, but I, I could, obviously I couldn't make them drinking beer. So they're just drinking soda Um, out in the woods, shooting at things they shouldn't be shooting at. Right. And then they get assaulted by birds who steal the gun and throw it in the ocean. That's a real bad day for those guys. Mm-hmm. And I thought it'd be really funny a couple of days later as if they're, you know, licking their wounds a little bit. <laughs> and that one dude's like, you know, trying to, talk to rachel on the street and then she runs from him and he's all aggressive and then he get basically gets robbed by an elephant in the alley i just thought that it would be extra funny because he literally who is he going to tell that to any either one of those things like i got yeah a, ber- a bird stole my gun and then i got robbed by an elephant in the alleyway i mean he's just not going to be able to tell anybody that story
1: and yeah it's-,
2: it's a little it's a little bit of a uh, justice for bad behavior a little bit and also in the book too i mean that was like somebody in a car was like trying trying to get rachel to get in the car with them yeah. So to me that felt like and she's like 12 yeah or 13 you know at most and this is somebody who's at least 16 but probably older yeah it was very creepy and a little too much i thought so i tried the similar similar scene um i tried to soften it a little bit <laughs> and still make the same point, kind of a thing. But yeah, I was, that was definitely a, a scene that I was, that I did change. That's probably the biggest change I've made out of the two books so far. And that was, I, I think that was really just kind of for content. I think if I had tried to do it the way it was done, I think Scholastic probably would have asked me to figure out a way to change it anyway. So I just tried yeah. it out.
0: Yeah, no, that was yeah. just, I think, a really good choice to soften that scene up a bit. Cause you're right. That was a very, Dark yes. moment in the books.
2: I mean, maybe in the 90s, that wasn't, maybe it didn't seem as bad then, but it really screams creepy nowadays, like really scary, creepy. And, um, and me personally having a daughter, you know, about <laughs> that age too, it's like, no, I'm good. I'm gonna.
1: Yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, softening things, um, so <laughs> we noticed that the, uh, alien blood colors are. You know they're kind of like you know blues or what is it purples and stuff um so how did you how did you kind of I
2: think um, I looked that up I think I looked that up and I have a chart um okay. I wrote down like uh from Seropedia and a couple other things too uh just from the books and things and I, I think I might have asked a couple people too but I I definitely did my research to find out what color the blood was of all those creatures <laughs> Believe it or not, I really did take some time to figure that out. And I was really pleasantly surprised when it wasn't read because a lot of times, red blood in, in books like this is a big no no.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and since they're aliens, and since it's, you know, so now it's blue or it's purple or it's green or whatever it is, you know, it just feels less bloody and more just gross. Mm-hmm. And it tends to be more accepted, especially by parents and stuff or librarians and people who may be concerned about, uh, you know exposing kids who are maybe too young to that kind of stuff if they're sensitive to things like you know blood or violence or anything like that so <laughs> so I, I even if it was read in the book i would have changed it anyway but it was it saved me a lot of worry because i didn't have to yeah they were all you know the andalites have like a i was kind of disappointed that the andalite blood was just a darker blue blood because i was like oh they're already they're already blue <laughs> there was no contrast but you know, whatever.
0: It's What funny, would you have liked it to be?
2: Just something something just a little bit more contrasty, I guess, maybe to stay, so it stood out a little bit, but maybe that's not necessary. Like, I think maybe the Andalites don't really need to be bloody, I guess. I mean, the I think the most blood that was there was uh, book one with um, mm-hmm. Elf Angle, right? And then yeah. after Visitor 3 eats him, he's got some like all over him, which is disgusting, but i was really surprised that i was able to get away with that honestly
3: yeah
2: least <laughs> said anything so i was like okay uh
0: i feel like that's the animorphs tagline for both like katherine michael and now chris i was really <laughs> surprised i was able to get away with that. <laughs> so true. Yeah,
2: to, some, to some degree i mean i completely agree with that too it's, <laughs> it's you know i think as, until unless they start getting hate mail you know for the way i drew something too violent or too something you know then they're probably okay with it
1: you're going on the banned books list
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, well the nice I'm thing okay. is I worked at Hallmark for 16 years or almost 15 years doing greeting card humorous greeting cards mm-hmm. uh, um, and I, were, I was in some of the like shoebox and some of the uh, stuff that wasn't necessarily for kids either but mm-hmm. I definitely in that time I learned how to uh, identify where the lines were you know that you don't want to cross when it comes to yeah. consumers and parents and all that. So I, I can, you know, I definitely could go too far if I wanted to, but I, I have a, a general pretty good idea. I think of what would be too much, yeah. you know, for, for, yeah. Sure. I'll get off my soapbox now on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, You do not have to. Um, I had another call out that I don't really have a question for, but I just wanted to kind of geek out over the fact that you put the Animorphs logo at the end of Melissa's note that was incredible.
2: You know, I had a couple of people have said that and I was like, you know, I just was like thinking like, what would they sign? Like, what would be an anonymous way to sign that? You know, clearly it was, I typed it out, right. It would be typed out on paper, but then I was like, hmm, there'd have to be something there. And that would just stuck out in my head. Cause I'd been forced to watch some of that TV show. Like, <laughs> I was like, you know, that's one of the only good things about the, the TV show was the theme song. And, some of the little uh, things like the logo and uh, some of the stuff. It's yeah. not all bad, but it's mostly bad.
0: <laughs> oh, so how tempted were you in that shot of Chapman's feet to draw cowboy boots?
2: <laughs> uh, you know, I, I did miss an opportunity there, but its I still have plenty of chances. And honestly, I'm, I'm actively looking for a place to drop the line when somebody says something and they somebody's going to say, well, it's all in your hands. Uh, so, yes but i but i wanted to i wanted to feel natural and not forced mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know to where the average reader who maybe hasn't ever watched that show and would not get that reference will not be taken out by like a weird Oh uh-huh. like, it didn't seem that seems like a weird thing to say like i wanted to seem normal natural but at the same time it's going to be a big easter egg for all the people who grew up watching that terrible show you know <laughs>
1: By the way, I caught the second. This isn't a comic book marker yes.
2: reference yes. in here. You know what's funny is I'm not adding those. That is no. In
1: the I <laughs> but it's like, funny because it, it's funny in this format because it's meta now.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's very meta, completely on accident.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> that's hilarious! Oh my gosh, gets me every time. I want this to be a running thing. <laughs> <every> yeah. <time. laughs> yep.
2: Uh, One of my favorite things that I actually added to this book was the just the little conversation between Jake and Marco when they're hiding behind the car while Cassie and Rachel are trying to corral the cat. And he's <laughs> and Marco's just going on. Hey, remember when you turned into that lizard and your tail fell off? And you know, I just like I just feel like that's the kind of stuff Marco would just whisper at people just to just to get a a response out of them. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. I have a follow-up for that joke in book three too. So if you <laughs> like that joke, then boy, you're in for a treat. And if you didn't like that joke, well, there's a page you're gonna be able to skip if you want. <laughs> <like. laughs> well, I'm
0: I'm in for a treat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just had I, you know, growing up at that same time, like I just had, you know, friends who were, you know, that that was just how we talked to each other, especially in stressful moments like that. Like somebody would be trying to make a joke just to lighten the mood a little bit. And I just try to, Marco's a really good character to do that with. And
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, he's, he is obviously the one who makes the jokes all the time, but he's when I feel like it's getting too heavy, it's easy to give him a, a line that mm-hmm. kind of, you know, lightens it a little, lightens the mood just a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's good to have that because there's some times whew, in this book in particular where it gets a little heavy.
1: Oh man, the part that really got me in this book was when Chapman is bringing uh the cat to the car and Melissa's just chasing after him and crying and be like, "No, don't take Fluffer away." Like I already have a lot of feelings about Melissa throughout the series and just like how freaking like like she goes through it without even being directly involved in the war. So like I thought that scene was really <laughs> emotional. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think one of the hardest ones for me and one that I definitely wanted to capture was the one where Chapman actually, when he's at the construction site and, oh, yeah. he, and he, you know, his host lets him speak, you know, and it's just pathetic. It's just so sad and pathetic and give him a moment of not being creepy and not being this confident guy, you know, and he's trying to actively save his daughter and,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, it's just it was awful, but I tried to capture as much as I could, you know, making him crying and and the fact that Viscera three pushed him down and it had been raining. So now he's covered in mud and
3: Mm -hmm.
2: just kind of humiliated and everything. And that that was, that was a scene I was nervous about doing from the beginning because I knew that that was a scene that it was going to be important for me, you know, important to me that I got it right because
3: Mm
2: -hmm. yeah, it, it really hit me when I was reading the book. So I wanted to make sure I, or at least did my best to convey that same feeling.
0: I I had that pinned as one of my favorites, too, because I I really thought that as that progressed, you did an amazing job of having him like once he was released into it to the host body, like his facial expression started relatively blank and then built on it as he went. And that was really cool to see.
2: That would be hard. I mean, I was just trying to put myself kind of in that position too, to like you not been in control of your body for God knows how long. You know, and to just be kind of released into that, and in like the worst moment of your life, probably. It's just, yeah, good times,
1: good times. <laughs> yeah. Joyous for the kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I have some very self-indulgent comic talk sort of questions. If you're up for it, <laughs> I'm up for whatever you want. Heck yeah. Um, so can you just talk a little bit about your process in making a page? Like, do you do a, so you do like pencils all at once and then you do inks and then, you know, colors and such. Um, I guess what, what step in the process like takes the longest for you and like, what's your favorite part of the process? Maybe your least favorite part of the process. Go, go crazy, I guess.
2: Okay. So I, I like all the, All those steps in the process are my favorite. And I know that sounds stupid to say it that way, but I'll tell you why. Because usually when I start a book, I have just finished a book. Like there's no (laughs) time in between. I finish a book on Friday. I start a new book on Monday. Um, And so it's always so just damn refreshing to go from like coloring pages to just being able to sketch and go through a book, you know, and kind of get back into the that kind of stuff. Just drawing again is so nice. Cause I can use my, I use my iPad. That means I can go, I can go work somewhere. I can go to like a Panera and sit there for like five hours and drink coffee. But I get out of the house and I love that part. But by the time I'm done penciling, I am done penciling. It's no longer fun. I hate it.
3: Mm-hmm. And I'm
2: so excited to get to the inking part. Cause Oh my gosh, that's just my favorite. And then by the time I'm done with the inking, I'm, I hate it. And I'm so glad I'm done <laughs> with it. And I, I'm so excited to get to the color. And it's just like this ongoing thing where I kind I do enjoy all of it, but it is just a lot, you know, and, and when you're doing nothing, but staring at like a, you know, your computer for like two or three months, you know, inking <laughs> and two months coloring. And it's really nice to be able to go somewhere else and not be in your studio space, you know, working all the time. And, um, <laughs> So that's maybe a cop out on the answer, but that is really how I feel about it. I, I get excited about the next step all the time because I'm tired of the current step.
1: Okay, that's interesting.
2: Yeah. And then uh, the way laying out pages and stuff is basically like with the Animorphs book, uh, I'll take a couple, like the third book, for example, um, I have two different colored highlighters because I go through, typically I've just gone through and highlighted all the dialogue right? Mm -hmm. Just, just highlight the dialogue. But in the third book, I also highlighted the feels because Tobias has got so much going on, you know, Uh in in his own head. And when he's, you know, he's at odds with himself so much of the book, you know, like that's kind of like a whole different character. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, uh, and so once I've gone through that process with the book, which is nice because it helps me break down like, okay, this is, you know, this is the, it's easy when I flip through, I can see, well, there's like five pages here with literally no dialogue in the book. Anyway, you know, when I'm flipping through it, cause they're just describing stuff or uh, psychologically it's nice. Cause I can cut off like the first three pages almost every time now, because it's like, I can't tell you my name and I can't, you know, but <laughs> we're not doing that. We're, you know, we're just cutting right. We're just jumping right back in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll basically, once I have it highlighted like that, I, I'll just sit down and uh, start. I try to do like a one-to-one, that's always my goal, like a one to one, like one page of the book is one page of the graphic novel.
3: Okay.
2: But since the graphic, since the books are like 152 pages, pretty much going forward from here, I think the first book was the longest. But uh, I think the the third book, and I'm only saying that because that's my most recent in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like 156 pages or something like that. But the graphic novel ended up being about 200. Okay, and that kind of just happens because. You know, I'll start paneling pages and I'm like, well, this page needs to be a, like, I always like to start with a splash page, like a full full splash page of something. And then there's mm-hmm. two page spreads that end up adding to it too. But, uh, you know, I, I try to let, let the scenes breathe too when I can. I, in fact, I really, I really like it when I can just do a scene of like, just Tobias flying, like four or five panels of that. And I know it gets read quickly. You know, you, you read a comic book, the more dialogue you have, the slower the, the reader reads it. Yeah. or the more detail that's in the art the slower they process it so you slow down so if you want them to read those pages faster you have less and and even though even knowing that I still sometimes will do like a page or two pages without any dialogue and I just love that I just love those quiet moments mm-hmm. sometimes it's just a character going from point a to point b or maybe it's just having a moment you know and so I just kind of go I guess to to get back to it is I I just start penciling. I just go from page to page. And if I know that I I want a certain panel to land like on the next page, you know, then I'll try to space it out I know about how many panels I'm going to add, you know, and where a scene ends. I try to make it end on a, on an odd number page. That way when you turn the page, it starts a new scene. Sometimes Hmm. that's hard to do though. And sometimes that's where you get, sometimes that's where you'll get some of my best jokes in my own opinion, because I'm like, well, I need one more page here. So oh, okay. I'll back in the conversation, I'll be like, "Oh, well, here we go. I could, I could totally ruin this scene right here by adding. <laughs> love... You know what I mean? I could, you know, it, or, or I could add a, a bigger panel of splash page, or I can do something else. But
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, so I just keep going, I go and go until I'm done, basically. Okay. And uh honestly, when I start realizing that I'm getting way off, like, oh, now I'm 17 pages over, you know, the one to one count, then I start going, you got to reel this in, buddy it's <laughs> getting out of control um uh, you know it's going to be a 400 page book when you're done but it it seems to have worked out okay um okay i'm perfectly fine around the 200 page mark to between 200 and is seems like a good spot for me mm-hmm. i don't complain too much about it I, I i do it to myself scholastic doesn't say it's got to be 200 pages they have never ever given me a page count or something to shoot for okay um, so I just kind of go try to keep it within reason, you know, that sweet spot of about 200 or there, you know, mm-hmm. so, and that's kind of it. I don't have a big process when I'm penciling. Cause I just kind of just go and see where, see how many pages it takes. And then if I have, I I've always told myself if I had to go back and cut stuff off and I just, I just would, but I haven't had to yet.
1: Okay, cool. When, so when you sketch, like they look pretty clean, um, yes you do you sketch cleanly or do you take multiple passes over them well
2: well it's it's so much easier now that i'm using my ipad because i can have uh and i use uh procreate i I just throw layers on there right yeah but yeah i have learned um just in doing comics for 16 years 17 years now that if i don't make all the decisions in the sketching stage like all the decisions Mm -hmm. all the drawing decisions Mm -hmm. i will take twice as long to ink a page because i would just noodle around and never it'll always be that last thing i never finished drawing because i didn't want to do it um it would take me 10 times as long to do it if i had just resolved it in the sketch uh stage and i know that's different for everybody everybody's got a different thing i've seen people who i can't even tell what their pencil pages are when i'm looking at them and they just ink over the top of it and it's just gorgeous like i watch Uh instagram and stuff where people post videos you know of of them drawing and inking and it just makes me angry (laughs) right (laughs) in a a great way though but uh but yeah so that's why my pencils are always so tight and pretty clear what's going on because I have to I have to do that for me
1: yeah yeah I have a thing where um I, I do like a rough sort of thing and then I go back and I tie down and sometimes I just do like the faces and the hands and everything else I can just make up but specifically the faces and the hands have to look right for me so right and I'll do that
2: too and I'll go in and I'll do like a quick sketch of the whole page and -hmm. then I'll do like another layer with a tighter sketch focusing on faces and hands and things like that that are difficult Mm -hmm. and then when I get that to about where I want it then I'll flip the canvas you know horizontally so I get rid of all the I'm drawn and it's like one eye is like where the cheek should be and I'm like <laughs> how the hell did that happen? What's wrong it with me? That
1: way the other way. Why did it look right the first
2: time? I'm right. embarrassed. Oh I'm embarrassed. God. But you know, so I try to do that. And then I'll do like sometimes I'll do another pass on top of that just to tighten things up a little bit. But
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. I usually pencil about I can pencil about six to eight pages a day like that. God. Amazing. When, when you have to do graphic novels twice, two graphic novels, two two hundred page graphic novels a year, you gotta figure out a way to streamline it. <laughs> hmm
1: Again, I have no idea how you don't have broken tendons.
2: <laughs> oh no, I, I wake up screaming every morning and then oh, no. not really. I'm just saying okay. I, <laughs> men- <laughs> mentally I wake up and I'm already I'm already three hours behind. Oh no. I do actually have one of those tens machine though that you plug on, you know shock your tendons and stuff because hmm. i get a uh, it hasn't happened for a couple of years now believe it or not but uh i used to get tennis elbow pretty bad oh, yeah yeah but so i got one of those tens machines and it really really helped hmm. i was so excited i'm like well next time this happens i'll be ready and then it hasn't happened again so okay i don't know if i'm mad <laughs> about that for that i that i bought that thing and then i haven't had to use it again or or maybe it didn't happen again because i bought that thing so maybe yeah. well spent i don't know
1: if you get rid of it, it'll come back. So right, <laughs> you might as well keep okay. it around for insurance. Exactly. Oh, so that's funny. Alex,
0: your turn. <laughs> well, my my questions are for comic stuff. Is a lot more loosey Goosey since I don't I don't dabble in that because I hate drawing things over and over because <laughs> I'm not <laughs> bad at it. But I wanted to know what music do you listen to while drawing?
2: Uh, well, that's okay. So when I'm when i'm penciling because i have to i have to like be thinking like you know about what the dialogue's happening and what's and lots of more deep thoughts i have a a playlist on spotify that is just called um writing room i called it that and it's just when i'm it's just like uh movie soundtracks star wars or lord of the rings or um and there's like i think i have like God, 97 hours or Maybe maybe a hundred hours or something of just that stuff. So I just let that play. But then when I switch when I'm switch back over to like when I'm just inking or coloring because um, I don't really have to think anymore. I've made all the decisions like I was talking about. um yeah. Then I will go to you know sometimes it's top forty, sometimes it's eighties, nineties, whatever I'm in the mood for. I do watch a lot of movies. I have like a second since I have a Cintiq, my my actual uh, iMac becomes like my second monitor, and I i'll just stream you know movies or netflix or whatever um just kind of all day long whatever i'm whatever i'm in the mood for podcasts i do that a lot it just you know i'm not always in the mood for music but when i am it's you know lots of 80s lots of 90s (laughs) beastie boys
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome
2: it dates it dates me a little bit but you know whatever whatever
1: it's fine. Yeah, it's all good. All all I listened to was nineties, pretty much. So I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, I think we just have a couple questions from some of the people on our Discord, um, and then we can let you get back to your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sounds good. Um. So Algal wants to know uh, if you have any favorite inside jokes with the fans.
2: Uh, I think completely on accident that stupid little tobias and the derpy axe drawing you know, like, <laughs> like one time that is people love that so much that it makes me love it more uh-huh. and i want to do more stuff with it so and that's very much an inside joke with the fans <laughs> if you didn't know you know anything about axe and i do a <laughs> derpy axe you'd be like whatever i don't know what that is but whatever why is that funny but it's awful and um i enjoy doing it so much i thought it would outrage everybody and then everybody's like i want that on a shirt yep, yep. everybody wants little tobias puppets and and i don't know what to do with this information but it's uh <laughs> i'll do something with it at some point
0: i feel like we just have to get you a representative to like open and manage the store of all the shirts the the puppets yeah. the
2: <laughs> you man what a weird store like, it's all like little little red tail hawk hand puppets and some shirts that just say good on them and some <laughs> random stuff. thought oh, this Great. was an anamorph shop. This isn't an anamorph shop.
0: Well, you put it in the next graphic <laughs> novel. One of the businesses now we've got an infinite feedback loop of store. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Geez, maybe I do do that. That's or something. I got a whole mall. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and each uh, store can be one of your products.
2: Mm. That's pretty good. I'll just call it the Good Shirt Store. No, I can't do that. my good? The <laughs> Good Shirt Store. And yeah. all the shirts in there just say "good" on them. <laughs> yeah, just come in different colors and fonts. Yeah. yeah.
0: You can either do the different colors and fonts. You can do the whole like Ford Model T thing where it comes in black, and that's how you get it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, oh my god! Yeah yeah that's like my favorite inside joke with the fans i mean i i will talk with anybody who reaches out to me for the most part you know and um i i try to i enjoy that so much that's something i've always wanted um is to just have a a bit of a fan base to be able to joke around with and have inside jokes and Mm -hmm. stuff like that so this has been wonderful but yeah those are my top two favorites
0: i love that (laughs) yeah that's awesome all right uh well We have, we have so many more, so I'm going to keep going. (laughs) So uh, Scott asks, have you inserted a favorite Easter egg into either of the first two novels?
2: Mm. I mean, aside from the, the Animorphs logo and the end of the first, the end of the second book, I guess I'm not really, I haven't really done that. I kind of feel like if I was working on my, my own personal books, right. I think I'd be more willing to add Easter eggs and do more fun, silly stuff like that. But I I take this very seriously Mm -hmm. and as fun as it would be to be putting in lots of little Easter eggs and lots of little fun nods and throwbacks and stuff. I don't want it to get in the way of the storytelling too much. So I'm trying to be gentle with it when I do it, like, like in the first book and it's not much of an Easter egg, but um, you know, I had them refer to Chapman when they were at the dunes, um, you know, at the beach, they refer to him as Ennis 226, or he referred to Tom or somebody, or maybe it was, maybe he referred to Tom as Ennis, or no, it was Chapman, it was Chapman. Um, and that wasn't in the book, you know, that was like pulled from book two, basically. Um, I just brought it forward a little bit. And I don't know if that really counts as an Easter egg, but that's stuff like that. I, I think as I get more confident, I'll probably be adding more stuff here and there, but I just don't ever want it to be so obnoxious about it. Mm-hmm. People just see it coming a million miles away. I'd rather it be like the good shirt thing- joke where it's there. and Maybe somebody thought that was funny and got it. And other people maybe just went right to the next panel and didn't catch it at all. And um, that's fine with me too.
1: Yeah. You don't want to take them out of the story. Yeah.
2: There's a lot of things I could do, but I, like I was saying, I might try to fit in like a, it's all in your hand kind of a line at some point. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I think that'd be funny, but I got to do that right because that's pretty heavy handed. That one would be, at least in my opinion.
1: Keep it in the back pocket. Mm-hmm.
2: I will. I'll pull it out at just the wrong time. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it will derail a scene, but it'll be okay.
1: Um, so Q asks, what would be, do you have like a different, Obviously, Animorphs is a dream come true. But um, what would be your dream graphic novel to work on? It uh, it could be an existing IP or something totally on your own.
2: You know, I've had that question a couple times, too. I I honestly, I don't know. I don't know like what. Like before the Animorphs thing, I would have probably never even considered like adapting somebody else's stuff. Um, uh, Because it just didn't seem like something I was interested in doing because I'd rather do my own stuff but it's been a wildly, um, satisfying, um, uh, you know, uh, process so far. I've been really enjoying it. I don't, it's not near as bad as I thought it was going to be kind of a thing. Like I thought I was going to, uh, I wish I, I should have just been working on my own stuff. You know, I'm just doing somebody else's ideas, but these, these books are so fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like, you know, I'm bringing, you know, myself to them and I I'm kind of owning them as much as I can. And, uh, but I would love, to, I mean, I, and I don't even know what it would be, but I would love to do something with if there were, the Muppets IP ever comes back around the comics and there was something to do with that. Cause that's, that's where my heart's always been is with the Muppets. That's what was my very first creative influence with Jim Henson and all that stuff. And I've never not been a huge fan of the Muppets. So I think that would be something I would do, even if it meant like having to do it just at like at night, you know, because I didn't have time for, cause I had too many other things going on. I would find a way to, fit that in oh that's my answer on that that's related
0: (laughs) um all right well this one is like probably one of one of my favorite questions here do you finally feel like the third creator of animorphs yet like has it sunk in that you get to be like the jack kirby to ka stan lee i
2: don't know am i yeah is that how it's perceived Cause that's crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, this is uh from my friend Nate and we talk about it all the time, how we're like, yeah, this is like, you are one of the creators. Now you're bringing this in a whole new light. Like you're taking a story and adapting it. Like that's, that's how, how word on the street is we're perceiving you. <laughs> uh,
2: that's very flattering. I, I guess I haven't even, I feel like, I don't know. Okay. Just, I just don't, I just don't think of it that way. Like I, I feel very, uh, you know, I'm I'm worried every time I change something that I'm I'm uh, hurting somehow neglecting their children. You know, the Applegate. You know, Catherine and uh, Michael's, you know, children from back in the '90s. You know, and uh, I've never really considered myself part of that. Part of that. Uh, I guess technically I am a little bit. So that's uh, hmm. interesting. I'm just happy to be doing it. You know, I'm just enjoying it so much. I'm. I feel like I'm getting to play as much as everybody else is. That's, that's very flattering though.
1: (laughs) Corey asks, what is your process for deciding which lines are adapted and which lines are kept verbatim? I I think we kind of talked a little bit about
2: this, but um... a lot of times, like I will um, try to include as much of the dialogue as I can, at least at first, right? The first pass is like when I'm doing the word balloons and stuff, I'll try to include as much of it as I can. But what inevitably happens is there is a billion words per page, you know, at that point, right? And the word balloons can some sometimes it's necessary because somebody's explaining some something that has there's just no easy way around it. You have to have all the details. But then there's other times where you can just kind of cut to the chase a little bit more than uh not be quite as wordy with stuff. So I will start with like a word balloons of everything and then I'll start editing them down um size-wise just so the word balloons aren't overpowering the entire page. And also something else I've learned too is from the kind of the all ages stuff. Uh, uh, editors and stuff are not big fans of pages just filled with words. Mm-hmm. Uh, just cause I think it's may look too scary to like a beginning reader or somebody of just of that age group. Like, Oh, this has got too much to read and pass on it. Um, and I have had, uh, some stuff edited down, you know, in the editing process later down the road, they'll be like, Hey, maybe we can change this to this or this, or, um, you know, or whatever. So that's, that's basically how I do the editing of the dialogue. I try to include as much of it as I can. Cause again, I feel like it just as, just as much as I feel like every scene in the books is somebody's favorite scene, you know, all these conversations and all these moments with their characters, they know, everybody wants their characters to, to, be just like they were in the books or whatever, right? So I feel like I, I try to be careful when I'm robbing them of their lines or giving their line to somebody else because it just flows better that way. Or, yeah, that's probably a longer version of that answer than you were looking for, but it's it kind of just depends, I guess. I try to include as much as I can.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's the perfect length of answer. <laughs> I love hearing the details, I really do. Uh,
2: I tend to ramble a little bit, so I'm trying to keep no, it.
0: Not at all. No, we love it. <laughs> um, I have another question from Corey, which is a really open-ended one of what would be your dream podcast to be on?
2: <laughs> God, I don't even know. I mean, I've, I've been on a lot of the Animorphs podcasts. and I love all of them. Uh, I just love, I love podcasts. I didn't know that I liked being on podcasts, but I actually really do. Um, <laughs> The, the podcasts I listen to aside from this are things that I would never want to be on. Like uh, <laughs> I can listen to the last podcast on the left. Uh, oh,
0: nice. Which That's I
2: good. love, but yeah, I don't want to be featured on that. And <laughs> yeah, you've done something terrible if you are, and <laughs> you know, uh, hello from the magic tavern and um, nice. just lots of those. I, I, I try to have a range of stuff that I'm, you know, whether maybe I'm learning or maybe I'm just being entertained, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what would be a good, uh podcast that I would love to be on. I guess I just don't have any like that. I love, I just love listening to them for the most part, but the only ones I feel like I have anything to actually contribute would be Animorphs ones or maybe, maybe a comic review type one if they wanted to talk about anamorphs or something else too.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but yeah. yeah, I don't really have a big list of podcasts that I would love to be on. I just love finding new podcasts that I, that I love.
1: That's awesome. All right, Jeff has a very good question that I also would like to ask. Um, what method of buying the books would make you the most money overall? How do we best support you as readers?
2: Um, I don't. I think um, in the in the age of COVID that we're all living in, because mm-hmm. I think typically the best way that any any comic creator or author or probably anybody for that matter um, makes more money. Off books would be at like shows, conventions, or trade shows or whatever, when you know, you typically you sell it for, you know, the um, manufacturer suggested price, right? On the back. Yeah. You know, but he always comes with like an autograph and maybe a sketch in there and just the I guess, you know, as much of the experience as you can have, I guess it makes a little difference. So that's the best way. But since those aren't really happening, mm-hmm. or at least I'm probably not going to be going any for a little while. Um yeah just keep doing what you're doing. And the best thing you guys can do is just, and I think I mentioned this actually on Twitter today because somebody said something, but the best thing you can do, and this isn't just for my stuff, it's for any books or comics you guys love is to share them, you know, leave comments for the artists who are working on them or the writers, because believe me, that goes a long way. Um, Just knowing that people are listening or paying attention, um, writing reviews on whether it's Goodreads or Amazon or wherever you leave reviews at, you know, um, just word of mouth and, that's the kind of stuff that you know. Reviews alone make a huge difference because people, you know, will go perusing stuff like on Amazon, for example, um, and they'll see like, oh, this book's got like three reviews, you know, but this one's got like seven hundred reviews.
3: <laughs>
2: bought appliances and stuff based on that. Like, oh, this one's only got one review, so it must, you know, not enough people have bought it, or not enough people have you know, I I don't trust that one review, I guess is what I'm saying. So the more, the more, um, and that goes for any book or anything you guys love, just that's how, that's how you can help the creators, myself included, is just sharing what you love, you know, in as many ways as you can with as many people as you can. It's beautiful. (laughs) Well, it is. It's true though, because I mean, God, sometimes, I mean, I'll just be having a crappy day and someone will just, you know, send a tweet at me like, Hey, I, I love that book or I love this joke you did or, or whatever. They'll just comment on a, one of my terrible little Tobias jokes or something. And sometimes that can turn my day around um, pretty quickly. And that has nothing to do with money. You know, that's not a monetary thing. <laughs> just, sometimes it's just nice to know that people are fans uh, and like what you do. And I try to, I try to do that with people that I love uh, their stuff too, just to kind of pass it on because I just know how it works. So Honestly, that's the best thing that anybody can do. If you guys want these Animorphs books to continue, uh, the best way is to to show uh, you know Scholastic that you like them is to buy the books. You know, if you can afford to buy a book for like a niece or nephew or a you know a younger kid that you know, or or even an adult who's just super into these and maybe don't know that the graphic novels have come out, it's it's stuff like that that is going to move the needle on these kinds <laughs> of things on anything you love.
0: Well, that solves Christmas for me. I'm just
1: going to give them to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> do, I it. Gotta, do it. I, I got little for your libraries around my neighborhood. <laughs> Maybe I'll just like start stuffing them.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, that's, that's brilliant. Like those little uh, libraries outside stuff, the yeah. exchange libraries. That's an awesome way to get stuff out there.
1: And I realize when
2: I'm saying that too, it's like not everybody can afford you know, sometimes even one copy, let alone multiple copies, but, you know, just, just sharing stuff or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, just talking about it in social media or, or whatever is, is just as good, you know, just as appreciated. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I'll ask the, uh, the most controversial question we're going to have tonight, which is from red tail who asks, how do you feel about pineapple on pizza?
2: (sighs) (laughs) Okay. So surprisingly enough, I had this question couple days ago from somebody but I have a good answer for it and I don't think pineapple has I don't think pineapple should be on pizza because um I don't like ham on pizza and I feel like the only thing pineapple goes with really well because I do like like pineapple with ham and stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't like ham on pizza it's just too salty or something I don't like it so I I would not want to just have a pineapple pizza that would be weird
0: oh yeah I'm a vegetarian and I only have pineapple pizza. Is it good? Is it good? It's great. I love it.
2: Is it? Do you have to get With other things? What else do you get on it? Or is it just pe- just
0: barbecue sauce instead of tomato sauce? Oh, oh, cheese, pineapple. Good.
2: Do you get any like other vegetables on there? though? Nope.
0: That's it. I feel,
2: like, I feel like green peppers or something would help offset the sweetness a little bit. But maybe maybe not.
0: onions sometimes, like caramelized onions, if they have it. But I've had it without, and I still like it.
2: That <laughs> does actually sound pretty good. Maybe you're changing my mind but but that's that's the only reason i've ever said that i don't want pineapples because it always comes on you know ham yeah and i'm like i don't like ham on my pizza
0: that's fair me either
2: (laughs) oh that's as controversial as it gets man
1: yeah i know (laughs) vicious the only other question i think we have is um uh, do you have any media you've consumed recently, like a TV show, a book or something that you're really excited about and would recommend? Well,
2: I mean, if you want to be really disturbed, that Midnight Mass show on Netflix was pretty awesome. Okay. Although I do have some thoughts about it. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, though, who hasn't read it. They
1: can <laughs> like tweet DM you or something.
2: <laughs> have you two watched it?
1: I, I'm kind of scared of scary things. Uh, I haven't even much, watched like Black Mirror or anything. It's way
2: more of like a psychological kind of scary movie or scary show. Okay. Uh, it's not. I don't know. Again, I'm not going to recommend it to anybody, particularly because I know some people don't like scary stuff or whatever. And but it was pretty good, surprisingly okay. good. Squid Sh- the Squid uh,
1: Game, was pretty upsetting too. That was pretty. I keep hearing like, I don't go on Twitter anymore. So like what I just, everyone's talking about that. What is that? <laughs> it's
2: like a, it's a movie. And basically the gist of it is, is that like, there's this corporation, this, you know, this kind of invisible corporation kind of that goes around collecting people who are like in, in debt out of their minds or just in terrible life situations. Right. Um, and they make them an offer that they could play come play this game and win a ton of money. Okay. Right? Um and, and so they go there. They don't have any idea what's going to happen. It basically becomes a compound and they can't leave. And it's kind of like last man standing. Okay. Kind of thing. But it's, but like the, and I'm not going to ruin it, but like the first game they play is red light, green light. And there's like oh. 200, 200 contestants, you know, and they're all out on the field getting ready to go. And it's a big joke to everybody, right? Oh, red light, green light. But if you don't, literally, if you don't stop, <laughs> if it sees you moving a little bit, like it's an oh. instant shot to the face.
1: Oh wow! Okay.
2: And so it gets it gets weeded down really quick, and it was it's very violent, but it's also pretty satisfying. Okay. I like that stuff, it was pretty good.
1: All right. Yeah, okay. I'm
2: also a big uh, fan of like what we do in the shadows, and uh,
1: oh, I started that, that show. So, I love
2: good. that show so much.
1: That show is so good.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's about it. I don't watch a whole lot of new stuff. I lot I watch a lot of Adult Swim. And that's kind of just because that's the time of night where I like to, I say it kind of turns off all the lights in my house and my brain kind of a thing as I'm watching and I just slowly zone out because I've seen all those cartoons so many times. And that's most of my evening television watching is Adult Swim.
0: That's some good content. That's awesome.
2: It is. It is and it isn't. <laughs> it depends on, <laughs> I mean, Adult Swim is hit or miss. I I usually love all of it despite the fact that it, some of it's terrible, but, um, that's just me. I don't, I haven't missed many, many days of adult swim since it launched.
1: So is it like the old stuff, like Aqua Teen Hunger Force and.
2: Yeah. I love Aquatine Hunger Force.
1: Okay. So but,
2: it's just all that older stuff. Well, I mean, it's got lots of stuff, but I like some of the newer stuff too. Uh, but like one of my favorite ones currently, and it's not, it's not on anymore Um, is uh, China, Illinois by Brad uh, Brad Neely did that and my god Uh that show I just I love that show so much I wish there was more seasons there's only three seasons of it but now that HBO HBO Max has the uh, uh, Adult Swim hub on there so you can just go to that and just scroll through pretty much their entire library pick a show you like and just kind of binge watch whatever you want and I do that a lot
1: awesome well i mean i think that's all the questions
0: we have yeah do you have any like socials to plug or, or anything
2: not really i mean i think no. pretty much anybody who's listening to this probably knows where to find me
0: yeah yeah we tell them where to where to hunt you down <laughs>
2: <laughs> just pretty much mostly twitter sometimes instagram but i mean you know i'm too busy for the other stuff <laughs>
1: just yeah, <right>? fair
0: <laughs> very fair thanks for having
2: me on again I love it.
1: Thank you for coming back. Like really yeah. excited about that. Have a have a great night. All right. Well, thank you, you too. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks.
2: I'll talk to you later.
1: All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: And thus concludes why I think Chris Grine would make a great president. Twenty twenty-four. I don't know when elections are.
1: I'm waving a flag. Thank you for supporting
0: my dreams. <laughs> I don't have a flag, but if I did, I'd be waving it.
1: Yes. And on it is a Tobias sock puppet.
0: Yes. With Aximili Askeroth Easthill. <laughs>
1: Beautiful baby pu- boy.
0: puppet. Beautiful baby boy. 10 on 10. Puppeteering that puppet. That is the flag that we will wave in 2022. Yeah. Twenty twenty three. No, 20- yeah. I'm Canadian. Somebody help! <laughs>
1: oh god, I don't want to think about anything. I'm still stressed from the last election. <laughs> oh no!
0: Woo! Be stressed no more. Our our beautiful savior Chris Ryan is on the way to save <laughs> us all from whatever this dystopian hellscape is by illustrating another dystopian hellscape that isn't.
1: I, I love it <laughs> i support it i ship it smash that like button yes subscribe yes
0: at at chris grind check him out on twitter check him out on instagram and just comment on all of his shit and tell him how beautiful it is because it's all true yeah it's all beautiful it's all wonderful
1: right write your praises on goodreads amazon storygraph barnes and noble new york times
0: Oh, the, we're doing newspaper, not newspapers. Okay, uh, borders, borders, chapters.
1: I, I think um, borders is gone, but you could do it at you could, the Wayback Machine. The Wayback Machine. You could go to borders dot com.
0: Go to your local blockbuster. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think we all know the penultimate place to review the Animorphs graphic novel is on the Cinnabon website. Oh, I think we should all flood Cinnabon's website
1: mm-hmm. and social
0: medias with mm-hmm. reviews for this graphic novel.
1: Let's invest in their stock and drive it up against the hedge funds. Mm-hmm. Cinnamon buns for everybody, fucking.
0: So what I'm hearing is that you are telling us how we're going to rock to the moon. Yes, it's all it's all coming together, guys. Invest in the stonks. Cinnabon (laughs) Rocket to the moon Animorphs It's all there It's
1: all circular It's all happening Oh my god Who who let us make Sounds with our mouths And put it on the internet Who allowed this Who
0: listened to this and thought I like them
1: (laughs) Oh god We should just go back to talking about Endling I guess
0: Okay. All right. Fine. Next week or the week after, whatever our schedule is. God only knows. I've only been doing this four years. You can't expect me to know fucking everything. Whenever we go back to it, we'll start talking about Endling again. I'm sorry we went back to Animorphs (laughs) and regressed to an earlier state of podcasting. Oh, no. I guess at me
1: or whatever. (laughs) Don't you just feel so invincible? Like, do I feel invincible? Like, i'm like all right we already did animorphs and now we're just kind of coming back for our like 10 year reunion and we're super fucking drunk and we're just gonna (laughs) fucking streak across the hall because we've already did the thing i don't know
0: dude This is, you're so right. This is exactly like the time we went back to my ad the year after we graduated and just were like, this is the senior studio now. This was my desk. And just like (laughs) fucking laid out on the tables that we didn't have any sway in anymore. You're exactly right. We're coming back to our high school reunion and we are just being assholes because we've done it already. Like we were untouchable. (laughs) And you know, you know what the worst part is? What? Is that in this story that we've created in our own heads, that makes Catherine and Michael, like, our teachers or mentors or uh-huh. whatever, and they just have to, like, be like, yeah, those are the idiot children that I once <laughs> taught. I'm not responsible for them anymore, but they are back.
1: Yep. <laughs> I love this.
0: <laughs>
1: I love this parallel universe we've created.
0: This is wonderful. I will live here forever.
1: Oh, uh, a beautiful day. All right. Uh go follow Chris Grine on Insta and Twitter. He is posting stuff from the books he's working on and he's asking mm-hmm. questions and I'm sure there's some mm-hmm. other things going on that he's doing. Just just follow him and say nice things to him.
0: Honestly, yeah. Like it's it's worth it I mean listen to how nice of a guy he is like I just want to say nice things to him all the time It's not for these nice and talented but yeah I guess we can all live with that yeah he's
1: just he's a good he's uh, a good egg go follow Chris that is your homework uh that's your homework go write a review for Do the graphic it. novel even if you don't have it but you should get it and then read it and then review it
0: and if you don't have it and you want to read it call me. I will read it all to you over the phone and send you pictures, pages, page by page.
1: What a great new service you've been offered.
0: This is is my service. It's called Anonymous
1: Alex. (laughs) Oh, well, on that note. Goodbye. Bye.